Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline to talk a little hockey in Boston Bruins. He's a part of the NBC Sports coverage of the National Hockey League. Pierre Maguire with Gresh and Keith here on the WEI Sports Radio Network. And Pierre, as you can imagine, it's a good day here in Bruins Nation. How could it not be? You should be very, very excited about the group, obviously, that's representing the city of Boston and the Boston Bruins franchise. Phenomenal leadership from Patrice Bergeron. Great play from Posnock and Marchand. Uh, the arrival of Charlie McAvoy. Awesome goaltending from Tuka Rask. Excellent coaching from Bruce Cassie. It's just a phenomenal story what's going on in Boston right now. And Pierre, it seems like really after the trade deadline, they went from being a playoff team to a true cup contender. Everybody that Sweeney added at the deadline has all paid off and right now i mean i i, I don't think I'm, it's a homer take right now they feel like they're, they're the best team in hockey well they're they're really good i i would caution everybody because i've been spending a lot of time out west the colorado avalanche are for mm. real the vegas golden knights are really good so um i get the boston's really good as well camp is very good the florida panthers are good there are a lot of teams that are good um, so I wouldn't be jumping series. You, you moved on to the second round. That's the way to look at it. But Donnie's done a fantastic job, um, whether it's Curtis Lazar, whether it's Mike Riley, uh, whether it's obviously Taylor Hall. They've made some really substantial acquisitions. You know, the second line now has legitimate uh, ability to score with David Krejci and obviously Craig Smith and, and Taylor. And it's made a difference. It's made a huge difference for the team. Pierre McGuire of NBC talking hockey with Gresham Keefe. Pierre, you mentioned Taylor Hall. Who's the guy you saw in Buffalo? Who's the guy you see now? Well, I'll take it one step further. The guy I saw in Arizona last summer in the pod is nowhere near the player that I see playing for the Boston Bruins right now in the playoffs. Uh, Taylor was non-existent in Buffalo. He's non-existent in Arizona. and He's very existent in Boston, and it's great. I mean, he's playing with size. He's playing with speed. He's playing with skill. He's fearless going hard to the net. Uh, I didn't see a lot of those same characteristics when he played in Arizona last summer in Edmonton, and I definitely did not see them in Buffalo this year. Brad Marchand's always a guy that's had to play on that line, although over the last few years he's taken a lot of that stuff out of his game completely and focused more on being a dynamic scorer. I thought I saw it pop up a little bit more in this series. In uh, five games, he ended up with, with 10 penalty minutes. Did you mm-hmm. see anything different or kind of resorting back to the old ways at all with Marshawn? No, but you have to understand, Zidane Char was playing for the Washington Capitals, and he's given him a plethora of information. And so he knows how to rattle Marshawn's cage. And I'm sure that he passed on a lot of little uh, things that players from the Capitals used. He's a targeted player, and uh, they, they definitely, they got him off his game. There's no question about it. They got him off his game. But that being said, I think Brad's one of the best players in the league right now, and I think he has been this entire season. You know, we haven't had a, a winger win the Sulky Trophy, the best offensive forward in the league since 2003. That was Yuri Leighton and the Dallas Stars. I think they're two legitimate candidates to win the Sulky this year. One is Mark Stone in Vegas, who's a winger there, and the other one is Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins. I just think both those guys are outstanding in what they do. But I'm not sure there's a better shorthanded player in the league right now than Brad Marchand. Pierre, I know for a time we were sort of struggling with David Pasternak. As Taylor Hall came aboard and this team got hot, Pasta kind of struggled a little bit. We started to see him snap out of it in games four and five. What does your trained eye see with David Pasternak right now? Last night when he went to the net hard, I mean, that skillful move that he made, obviously, uh, around Nick Dowd and then Nick Jensen to put the puck to the back of the net, that's 
that's vintage David Pasternak. Um, he needs to have the puck on a stick. He needs to be carrying the puck. He needs to be shooting the puck. And when he's doing that, um, you can just see he's a whole other player. The fact is, is that that line is probably, if it's not the best line in the league, it's a second best line because it's hard to go past Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen out in uh, Colorado on Gabriel Landeskog. That line is just overwhelming. I did all four of their games with St. Louis, and I can tell you that line is overwhelming. But the perfection line in Boston is their equal. Well, I mean, telling you guys right now, uh, with Bergeron, Martian, and, and Pasternak, that line is as good. So um, you've you're got a chance to watch one of the most dynamic lines in the league, and Pasternak's a huge part of it. As you can imagine, Pierre Tukarask, the most polarizing guy on the entire team. I mean, there there are certainly some that'll defend him no matter what. There are others that, until he wins the cup, you know, he's just not as good as Tim Thomas. Again, that's that's the that's some that we we speak to on a, on a daily basis here. Where do you think he is at right now? And and how many guys in the league are are playing better than Tukarask? Well, I won't give you a number on how many guys are playing better because I don't think it's fair from series to series. Every series changes from goalie to goalie, but I would say that Tuke is on top of his game right now. He was outstanding, uh, obviously, in Game 5 last night. Just superb. Um, and so he deserves a lot of credit, and I, I think he wants to prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, what people forget is the, the year that they won the Cup in 2011, Tuke was a starting goalie, um, and then things didn't go very well for them on the exhibition tour overseas, and Tim Thomas got his chance, and Tim never uh, looked back and played phenomenally well. I did every single one of those playoff games for the Bruins that year, and Tim was just off the charts great. And, um, you know, took has been to the final before, again, uh, two other times, and wasn't able to get the deal done. But I, I would just tell you that Tuka right now seems as comfortable as I've ever seen him look. He really looks great. Pierre McGuire of NBC talking hockey with Gresham Keefe here on the WEEI Sports Radio Network and WEEI.com. Pierre, you, you mentioned Tuca, and people hammer the goalie here. And this is a very intelligent hockey town, hockey city. Is it like that elsewhere? or is Because we struggle here, Pierre, about the way Tuca Rask is viewed and the way people feel about him. Is that common for a number one goalie, or is that just the fickle Bruins fan slapping Tuca when they can? <laughs> no, it's not just in Boston. There are a lot of goalie graveyards around the league. Detroit was one forever. Philadelphia still is one. Vancouver was one forever. Montreal was one forever. I mean, goalie great uh, Toronto. Uh, as a goalie graveyard, I mean, it's tough. Everybody loves the backup goal. It's kind of like the starting quarterback and the backup quarterback. Everybody loves a starter until he loses, and then everybody loves the backup because they want the backup in because the starter lost. Um, the truth of the matter is is that, uh, listen, fans are entitled to their opinion, but I can tell you one thing. Tuka Ras has the trust of his teammates, and that's a huge part of this when you're playing for the Stanley Cup. It's a major part of it. If you don't trust your goalie, Chances are you're not going to win. I'll give you a case in point. When I'm between the benches, I won't tell you the team. I won't tell you the player. But I've heard a star player say to a coach about a goalie in front of his teammates, is this guy ever going to make a save? And then after he gives up another bad goal, he'll say, we have no chance of winning with this guy in net. That doesn't – I'm telling you, that happens. Yeah. And so that's not happening with Tuka Rask. The players really trust Tuka in Boston. I'm not saying this was the case, but Ovechkin definitely had some words for Samsonov uh, <laughs> after Game Three, so that's that's definitely one of them. Uh, what did you think, Pierre, of the season and the series that Zdeno Chara had, and and do you think he'll be back again next year? Uh, I'd be surprised if he didn't play next year. I'll take the second half first. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the season that he had, I thought he had a pretty solid season. 
for the role that was created for him. Uh, penalty kill specialist, third tandem pairing guy. I thought he played well. Um, I thought in the series he was okay. Uh, I didn't think he was superb. I didn't think he was terrible. I thought he was okay. Um, but the Washington team was kind of disjointed and uh, wasn't the same team that I th- saw through most of the year. Some of that was due to injury. Some of it may be COVID-related. Some of it, the injury to Vitek Vanacek, their starting goalie. So there were a lot of things. There were a lot of mitigating circumstances. That's not to take anything away from the Bruins. But I thought Z was good. I thought he was solid, especially for the role that was created for him. Pierre, you uh, obviously, you know, you're being in that plexiglass, right? Like, there's a part of me that wonders if you were comfortable going out to dinner because you're so used to being in the confined space with the (laughs) plexiglass and all that stuff. But, you know, like, arenas have been empty. Now it seems like, maybe more here in America than in Canada, that the buildings are going to start to be filled. I'm curious for your thoughts on how that might change home ice advantage, which is really something with no fans and last year in the bubble, teams haven't had to factor in as of late. Oh, well, I can give you a case in point. Yesterday, Nashville beats Carolina in double overtime, and I'm convinced it's because of the fan base and UC Saros, the goalie for Nashville. If there are no fans in that building, uh, I don't think Nashville wins. So they've won their last two games, both on home ice, so I do think it matters. Just like Carolina, they say they only had 14,000 malarkey. They probably had 17 or 18,000. They won their two games in Carolina, and the fans were a big part of it. So uh, I was in Vegas recently doing a um, Vegas-Minnesota game one. Minnesota won in overtime, won nothing. But I can tell you the fans made a difference. I mean, Vegas was all over them. Um, You know, Cam Talbot probably played his best game in the playoffs for Minnesota that day. So, no, there's there's, uh, the fans definitely make a difference. There's no question about it. I'm in Pittsburgh right now getting ready for game five of Pittsburgh and the Islanders and uh, the Pittsburgh Penguin fans better be as good as the Islander fans were. I was in uh, Long Island last weekend. And I got to tell you, the fans on Long Island made a massive difference uh, for their team. So yeah, no, the fans definitely make a difference. Who do you think the Bruins match up better with in the next round, Pittsburgh or the Islanders? The one thing that's changed for Pittsburgh is the depth at center. The addition of Jeff Carter's made a big difference. Getting of Kenny Malkin back from injury has made a difference. So they go one, two, three, four like this. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jeff Carter, and Teddy Bluger. That's a really tough center ice position for anybody in the Eastern Conference. I think the Bruins match up better down the middle with the Islanders than they do uh, with the Penguins. But, again, it's, it depends on the type of game plan that Bruce Cassie wants to drop. By the way, you probably have – if if they played Pittsburgh, it's probably one of the best coaching matchups in the playoffs. Would be uh, you know Cassidy versus Sullivan. It would be a phenomenal coaching matchup. And of course, the, all the Bruins connections there as well mm-hmm. with uh, with Mike Sullivan, Pierre Maguire. You could see him calling games all through the playoffs on NBC Sports, whether it's on NBC or NBC Sports Network, or as the Bruins were on USA Network last night right. for the old uh, NBC feed. <laughs> hey, Pierre, thanks for the time. We really do appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Anytime for you guys. Thanks for having me on. There you go. There goes Pierre Maguire.